uh, coming home after church and, and um, realizing, uh, not, to, not because I've been to church, but realizing that accumulation over the last two weeks before that, uh, I've been dealing with some, I don't know, mild discouragement, um, some mild depression, uh, dealing with circumstances and things going on both in my life and in the world. And, and on Monday morning, I began a process of, of doing what the psalmist says in Psalm 42, where he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And I, I spent some time just doing some reflection about uh, what was going on in my life and, and how the circumstances of life seemed to be dragging me down. And just trying to think through, okay, why are those things getting to me? And then reminding myself that the psalmist not only did that reflection, but he goes back later and says, hope in God. And so I I began to think through, well, what does God's word say to me? Uh, The word of God has not addressed my issues or your issues uh, from a simplistic perspective. Just, you know, smile and act like everything's happy. Be happy. Don't worry, be happy, everything's cool. The, the, the scriptures are, are authentic in acknowledging the realities of the things that we struggle with, the challenges that we face in our lives. Um, but at the same time, we're supposed to balance that with this understanding of who God is and what he's doing. And as I was reflecting upon that, I went back to a passage of scripture that God has often used to help me um, and uh, he, it's, it's embedded in the, in the book of 2 Corinthians. Now, you have to understand that 2 Corinthians is a book that reflects probably more conflict that Paul is experiencing than any other book in the New Testament. I mean, he was, first of all, he shares about the conflict he experienced just by being a follower of Christ and by being a person involved in the ministry. In two different places in the book of 2 Corinthians, he gives lists of things he went through, like being whipped and beaten uh, four different times with 39 stripes, and uh, times that he'd been beaten with rods, and times he'd experienced rejection and actually had been stoned, and um, being in, 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 in boats when he was traveling and being shipwrecked three different times, and literally one time just for 24 hours floating in the water until, until he was rescued. And, uh, and he said not only those kinds of things and the, and the experience of, of persecution of people being against me, but I always have the church's concerns. But, but he's talking about all these issues. But not only that, he's writing to the Corinthians, and, and it's clear that, that he's been in conflict with some people both in that church and people who are influencing that church, people who are calling, calling him out and saying he's not a good preacher and calling him out and saying he's not a good leader. And he's not worthy to be an apostle, and the, the Corinthians shouldn't follow after him and shouldn't listen to him. And you, th- and you see all that stuff. As a matter of fact, even in chapter 1, Paul makes this comment. He said, I despaired almost of life itself. And I'm going, wow, if the apostle can go through that kind of personal difficulties, I guess it's not unusual for me in all the little small things I'm dealing with to face some of those struggles. So how does he deal with it? And that's what I want us to look at this morning, because in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, even with all this stuff going on in his life, twice in this chapter, it's kind of bookends. He says, but we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. 
And I went back to that this week and said, okay, Paul, if you can tell me why you didn't lose heart, maybe that'll give me an understanding of what I can do not to lose heart when I'm dealing with my own circumstances and life issues. So let's take a look just for a second here at, at parts of 2 Corinthians 4, and then we're going to see four reasons here embedded in these verses why Paul says he didn't lose heart. He says this, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Okay, there it is. And he says, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence, for it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So, here he says it again, we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Okay, now embedded in these verses we find four reasons why Paul says he doesn't lose heart and that we don't have to lose heart even as as we go through this. The first point is, he says, that we don't lose heart because we've experienced God's mercy. And he says this in verse 6. He says, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Now, you've got to wrap your head around that verse for a minute. Look at it. He refers all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and creation. And he said, think of it. There's a God who said, let light shine out of the darkness. Total darkness and void. And God speaks, and his light is created and shines in the world. And then Paul says... Just like God spoke and created light in the darkness of the world, he has spoken to us individually. He says, he has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Now what Paul is doing here, he's saying, is God, when we were absolutely in darkness, as as we read in Ephesians 2, when we were dead in our transgressions and sin, God just like he did in creation, shining the light in darkness, shine the the light of his, his knowledge of the glory of God into our hearts. You see, Paul could never, ever, ever forget how God had changed him. He always referred back again and again to his experience on the Damascus Road. When he was going from Jerusalem to Antioch to literally throw Christians in prison. And he would say, I was in absolute darkness. I was in rebellion against God. I hated God and the things of God as it reflected in Jesus Christ and his people. And yet God shone at that point on the Damascus Road, he showed his light to Paul. And he transformed Paul's understanding and and Paul's life. He turned his heart, he said, why are you persecuting me? Who am I persecuting? 
you're persecuting me, Jesus. And Paul's life was changed when Jesus shone his light into Paul's heart. You know, I don't know about you this morning, but that encourages me not to lose heart, not to forget what God did in my life. I remember when I was a pagan kid, I thought I was a Christian. I grew up in a home that went to church, and I was church almost every Sunday, but I didn't know God, and I didn't know the gospel until a friend of mine invited me as a junior high kid to come to a church activity that they were having. And there around a fire, a man got up and talked about a relationship with God. He didn't talk about just worshiping the God who was off there somewhere. He said, he said we could have a personal relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. And the way that that would happen is if we would come to God and confess our sins and acknowledge that we were broken people and that we desperately needed the, the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, and that if we would receive his gift of that sacrifice to pay our sins, that we would come into a relationship with God that was every bit as personal and meaningful as our relationship with our parents or our best friend or our family members, and that he could become a personal friend of ours. And it clicked in my mind. I thought, wow, I've been in church all these years. But I, this, is the really the, this is the kind of relationship I want to have with God. And God shone his light in my heart and transformed me from darkness into light. And if you have had that experience, when you're discouraged, one way Paul says for you not to lose heart is to remember when he shone his light in your heart and transformed you from darkness into his child. Now, maybe some of you in this room haven't experienced that yet. And I want you to know that that experience that I had as a junior high kid, that experience that Paul had, on the Damascus Road, is something that God extends to you this morning. He wants to have a relationship with you as his child. Accepted in the beloved, not on the basis of what you can do for him, but simply because he loves you. He sent Jesus to the cross to die for you, to have that kind of relationship. And that's available to you this morning. You can just stop listening to me and pray right now. And ask God to shine his light into, his, into your heart. And the promise of the scripture is that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and to call us his child. We do not lose heart, Paul says, because God has shown his mercy upon us. But there's a second reason in these verses that Paul gives. He says we don't lose heart because Christ lives in us right now. You see, what happens to a Christian, he says, is that the Holy Spirit of God, when we receive Jesus, comes into our bodies and literally dwells in us. Listen, he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. That's our body. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And so he says, so we don't lose heart. Though our outer nature, though our bodies are wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. So I was talking with Bryant Mitten, who's over there looking at his phone instead of listening to me right now. And, uh, and I was talking to Bryant this morning, and we were talking about his physical ailments and his 
problem with his hip and his leg, and he said, I wish I could just cut off the left side of my body. And I said, boy, I understand that because, you know, I go through these physical pains and struggles too. And Paul says, yeah, we're going to go through that physically. But, we, but, but, but Paul says the Holy Spirit has come into our bodies, and though the outer body, the outer nature is wasting away. Amen, Brian? The inner body, the inner person is being renewed day by day with this treasure that he's given to us through his Holy Spirit. How does that happen? How do we experience renewal day to day in our life? I would suggest to you that God has given us at least two ways to grow and to mature and develop in a relationship with him so that we don't lose heart. One is that we spend time in the scriptures. Again and again in the scriptures, we see God calling his people to meditate and study in his word, not to get head knowledge, but to see how he works and how he functions and to be able to affirm his work in the world when it feels like nothing is happening. We need to understand things from God's point of view. And so when Ryan's talking to his son about why hurricanes come, we're going to either look at that circumstance from our own human perspective and say, what is God doing? Or we're going to seek to understand things from God's perspective when he says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. And I have not left when these kinds of circumstances are happening. And it's through these circumstances that somehow I will bring glory to myself. We don't lose heart because we can know God through his scriptures. And then we can pray, just like Ryan was leading us through prayer this morning. We can pray and we can tell him when we're facing circumstances like hurricanes or like other discouragements, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't understand why this is happening. And his Holy Spirit will minister to us through the word and through his grace to comfort us and to understand things from his point of view. Whether it's reading in the book of Job or Ecclesiastes or Psalms or in the New Testament, seeing God working things out for his glory and for our good. We don't lose heart, Paul says, because the Holy Spirit lives within us and we can grow and understand him and learn through him. One of the men that has impacted me the most in my life was the pastor under whom I grew up, Dick Halverson. And I, I remember friends telling me these stories. Like one friend of mine pulled up in the church parking lot one day and he pulled up right alongside of Dick Halverson's car and suddenly looked over and he saw that Dr. Halverson was sitting there in his car, but he wasn't looking around. And he just watched as Dr. Halverson sat there looking down and then he closed something, and he then got out of his car, and he realized that, that Dick was having time with the Lord there in his car before he walked into the church, that he had his Bible out, and he was reading, and he was praying. And that was just a, a normal pattern because Dick wanted to grow in his walk with Christ. Another friend of mine said, I went to Dick's house one day to pick him up to go to a prayer breakfast, and I saw a light, in, in, and instead of just going and knocking on the door, I went because I knew the light was on in his study, and I went in kind of looked through the window of a study because on the first floor. And he said, I looked in there and Dick was in there standing on, and he had, he had a, a globe of the world. And he had his hands on that globe praying for a part of the world. And my friend said, I, I was even scared to go knock on the door because I didn't want to interrupt him from doing that. But, but 
an example of a person who is working at nurturing his relationship with Jesus through prayer, through reading the scriptures. And that's what we can do. We don't have to lose heart because Paul says, though our outer person is wasting away, Jesus lives in us and we can be renewed in our relationship with him. But again, Paul doesn't stop there. He gives us a third reason not to lose heart. In verse 15, he says we don't lose heart because we see that God is at work in this world, even in us. He says in verse 15 there that the grace of God was impacting more and more people. And that was happening through his ministry and happening all around the world. And he said, as I'm seeing the grace of God for your sake, extending to more and more people, and that increases thanksgiving to the glory of God. Paul says, as I see God using my life and using other lives in this world and seeing that happen, as I see God working and changing people, that encourages me and it causes me to increase in thanksgiving to the glory of God so I don't lose heart. And as I was reflecting upon that idea of not losing heart because God's at work with us, I, I remembered an experience I had just a few years ago. Um, I went to pick up my son, who at that point was in middle school, and he was over at the house of a person in our church who was leading a, a, a middle school Bible study that my son was a part of. And I really didn't know this guy very well, so I, I went over, I went into the house to pick up my son, and, and his discipleship group leader, Dave, was there. And I said, hey, Dave, just give, tell me a little of your story. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Dave grew up a generation later in the church that I grew up in. And he told me his story about how the youth minister in that church loved on him and cared for him and brought him to an understanding of what it meant to know Jesus. <laughs> you know, I was so moved because, first of all, Jesus brought me to himself as a snot-nosed little junior high kid in that church, okay? And then later on, when I was in college... I was working in the youth ministry with other snot-nosed little junior high kids. And one of those kids was a rambunctious rebel rabble-rouser named Jim Byrne. No relation, Burns, Byrne, no relation. And Jim Byrne, at this camp that we did, came to Jesus. And God shone his light into Jim's heart, and Jim went from darkness to light and began to walk with Jesus. And eventually, Jim Byrne, who I had an impact on as he was a youngster, became the youth minister in this church. And then Jim, as the youth minister, cared for Dave and began to talk to Dave about Jesus so that God brought the light of Jesus into Dave's life. And then Dave grew up and became a financial planner and moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and began going to the church where we were worshiping. And what does Dave end up doing? Ministering to my junior high son. And I look at that and go, wow, look at what God's doing. He's extending grace generation upon generation upon generation. God is at work. And because I see God at work, I can give glory to God for his mercy and his grace, give thanks for what he's doing, and not lose heart. Because God is working in this world. 
sometimes even through me. Amazing grace. We don't lose heart. On top of that, Paul gives a fourth reason why we don't have to lose heart. Because he says we don't have to lose heart because we have an eternal future. He says this in verses 14 and 18. He says this, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Paul says, I have this assurance that this is the end result of my life. He goes on and says, we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You see what he says? Or he says, we don't lose heart because we have an eternal future. And that's not just pie in the sky by and by. That's a reality that we can cling to and believe in when things in this world are pulling us down. That we can pray, Lord Jesus, come. Bring your kingdom in. But until that time, establish in me the hope that I'm going to be with you for eternity. It's easy for us to focus our intention on the seen, on the seen and not the unseen. That's exactly what was happening to me. That's why I was becoming discouraged. And yet Paul says we can place our hope on Jesus and on the restoration that he is going to make this world and all that is in it new. And he is going to return and we are going to be with him for eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. We have a hope. You know, this last summer, when Janet and I drove up to see our son and his family up in Pennsylvania, we stopped for a minute uh, at, at uh, a school in Virginia where I spent my first two years in school. And um, I developed a really close relationship with Gary Martin, uh, a friend at that school. And um, I was going to be transferring after two years at that school and going, to, going back to the Washington, D.C. area where I worked with junior high kids and went to the University of Maryland. But before we left and parted, Gary and I said, let's get together and pray together for each other because he was heading off to, uh, to, to summer camp for, for ROTC and then his last year in college, and, and, uh, and I was heading off to, to a different school, and we, we didn't know when we'd see each other again, so he said, let's pray together. And I took a picture of the chapel, and we prayed together right in these two seats right here. And, and I took that picture for a reason. Not to show it to you, but I wanted to remember that because two weeks after we prayed together, Gary was in an automobile accident and was killed. And his parents asked me if I would come down to be one of his pallbearers. And the first time in my life, I walked in and saw a casket with a pier in it. Oh, I'd seen people, dead people in caskets before, but I'd never seen a pier this guy I had been praying with in that seat two weeks earlier. Dead body laying in a casket. And you know what my immediate response was? That's not Gary. That's Gary's body. That's a jar of clay. Gary's with Jesus. That's your hope. 
if you're in Jesus. That's my hope. It's not what we're accomplishing or seeing happen in these bodies. These bodies are wasting away. They're jars of clay. But we have a hope that endures throughout time, and that's the hope that we have of an eternal future. So we don't have to lose heart. We don't have to lose heart because we've experienced the mercy of God. We don't have to lose heart because Christ lives in us. We don't have to lose heart because God is working in this world, and he's actually doing stuff in us and through us. We don't have to lose heart because we have an eternal future established by Jesus' resurrection. I was talking just to a, a, a close friend this last week, and, and I just was listening to him as he was pouring his heart out to me. It's not a guy here in Rome. It's a person I've been a friend with, gosh, now 15 more years. Now we live in two different cities, but he was pouring his heart out to me, and he said, Bob, and I knew this, he said, my wife, his wife had, for the first time, a grand mal seizure. She's in her late 40s, and she had a grand mal seizure at Thanksgiving when the choir was practicing for a Thanksgiving service. And, um, and so, I mean, you can literally, you know, choir practicing, suddenly, whoom, she falls over, and she's laying there, and she's, she's having a seizure. And since then, she's continued to have seizures, and they're trying these different medications out, and none of the medications seem to be doing all the right things. And, and even while she's taking two different medications right now, she's, she's still having these minor seizures where during, during the week, and they're going to be taking her to a, a special place uh, to examine that. But, but you can imagine for over a year, almost a year now, going through these seizures, what that's just the anxiety that that's created. But not only that, he found out in the last two weeks that his, one of his daughters is pregnant out of wedlock. And so they're, they're, they're now processing that whole experience and talking through that with her and, and with the, the, the birth father and, and about what do you do with this child and, and the responsibilities involved in that. And so they're dealing with that as well. And then he goes on to share with me about the difficulties he's been having at work and the struggle he's been having with his boss, and the fact that his boss just doesn't understand him, and, and it seems like he's giving him a hard time all the time, and he just was sharing all of these burdens. Now, this is a brother in Christ, and I said, listen, I don't want to sound to you like I want to give you a simple solution to the pain you're under. Boy, I really hear what you're going through, and I want you to know I'm praying for you. But let me tell you how God's been encouraging me to not lose heart. He's reminded me to remember what he did to bring me to himself. And how he transformed me. And I know that God's changed your life. I want to encourage you to remember what God's done in your life. But brother, I also want to remind you that Jesus has not abandoned you. His Holy Spirit lives in you, brother. And you can cry to Him and pray to Him, and He will not leave you or forsake you. And I also want to remind you of the way that you've ministered to me and how God's used you in my life and how He's used you in many other people's lives and how God have, God's people have rejoiced and given thanks to Him because of you and the ministry that you've given to them.
And brother, I want to remind you that our final hope is not in this world. God is working his purposes out, but we have a secure future in Jesus. Now, I'm not sharing these things with you to make things simplistic. You're in real pain. But I hope these things help you not to lose heart. And he said, yeah. Yeah, I need to hear that right now. And maybe I needed to hear that. And maybe you need to hear that as well. Paul says, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. God is working and will work in our lives for his glory. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I, I can't get into the heads and the hearts of those who are here this morning. But you know what they're dealing with. You know there's someone here in this room who got a bad grade on a test. And they're wondering if they're going to ever cut it. And that's just, just hanging over them. You know someone who's had an argument with a roommate or with a coworker, or with a spouse or a family member. And you know that it's easy for them to lose their heart. Father, you know some in this room are dealing with sincere depression. Things have mounted up upon them, Lord. I pray, Father in heaven, that your Holy Spirit would use these words from 2 Corinthians on why Paul didn't lose heart to encourage all of us this morning that even in the midst of the circumstances that we're facing and the challenges that we're dealing with and the people we have with whom we have to deal that you call us not to lose heart because you've transformed us, because you live in us, because you're working in us and through us, and because you've given us a hope for eternal life. We pray these things in Jesus' name.